Report from Family Life, bringing a Christian worldview to what's happening in New York, Pennsylvania, across the country, and around the world. Weather with Kevin Williams, plus special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening. Evil never rests. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I'm Mark Webster. On this day before Thanksgiving, it's a time of happy expectation, but we're also reminded that evil never takes a holiday. The search is on for the reason why a manager at a Virginia Walmart apparently entered the store break room and opened fire on co-workers. When it was over, seven were dead, including the gunman of apparent suicide, Chesapeake Police Chief Mark Zaleski. We are truly saddened at the tragedy that took place in our community last night. And we are all praying for the family, friends, and co-workers of everyone that's affected by this senseless violence. Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin. This is a horrendous event. It's a horrendous, senseless act of violence. And today we have to come around families and support them. Four other victims hospitalized with various gunshot wounds. This woman is related to one of the injured. My sister-in-law, Elise, he said he might have been shot in the leg, but she was in such a state of shock she couldn't remember. She was just, I think, in shock herself, so that's not the call that you, you know, we were preparing. We do Thanksgiving dinner on Wednesday night because he works at Walmart and Black Friday. Evil also reared its ugly head in Jerusalem today. A pair of bus stop bomb blasts went off early Wednesday, killing at least one person and injuring 26 others. A bag or package of some kind was placed here at the bus stop around 7 a.m., and it was uh, detonated, likely remotely. And then just 30 minutes later, another attack took place actually just down the hill from here. Police are calling this a coordinated terror attack, the likes of which uh, Jerusalem and Israel have not seen in years. It's CNN's Hadass Gold in Jerusalem. One of the weapons used by the suspect in the Colorado Springs mass shooting Saturday night was reportedly a so-called ghost gun. That's what sources are telling local outlets. It appeared to be fully automatic, allowing the firing of at least 40 to 50 shots before Good Samaritan subdued the suspect. We're also learning in court filings that the accused shooter identifies as non-binary. Thankfully, not all is evil in the world this day. More than 50 million Americans hitting the road or flying the friendly skies today, the busiest travel day of Thanksgiving week. Jason Kirsch with AAA says it's important before you go to get going over to the family car. In order to, to be safe, you want to make sure your vehicle is safe. So before you, you get on the road, check the tire pressure, check the lights, check the brakes. All good advice there. Experts are predicting 55 million Americans will travel at least 50 miles or more for the holiday. This is going to be the third busiest Thanksgiving since we started keeping records. AAA's Robert Sinclair, who says between 11 a.m. and 8 p.m. today and again Sunday are the worst times to hit the road. Some of those folks are just headed to the airport. They're also jam-packed with Thanksgiving travelers. If you haven't flown in a while, you'll quickly notice one big difference from recent times. Mask wearing is voluntary and optional. People are not required to wear a mask when they travel. The TSA's Patty Manches says when you go through the TSA checkpoint, agents will ask travelers to lower their mask. That's to verify identity. But other than that, it's up to the traveler now. Once you're on board, she says, just chill out. If someone is wearing a mask, Please don't question it or make an incident. If someone is not wearing a mask, please don't question it or make an incident. One popular Thanksgiving morning tradition is watching the annual Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in New York featuring a caravan of giant balloon floats. So what's new this year? we got four new giant balloons from Stuart the Minion to Greg Heffley, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, to the iconic Bluey, the lovable blue dog. 
uh, and Sinclair Dino. Parade producer Will Cross, they're actually inflating those huge balloons all afternoon today. While the mass Thanksgiving travel is joyous for most, health officials are hoping it doesn't worsen what they're calling the triple-demic, the threat of RSV, COVID, and the flu adding to the stress of the holidays. RSV cases are rising nationwide. Health officials report 78% of pediatric hospital beds are full. NBC's Bree Jackson, this doctor says this year's RSV cases are unprecedented. We're seeing more kids having been hospitalized through middle of November than we typically see in an entire season for, for the past 10 years. Compounding those health concerns, especially for younger patients, is a shortage of the antibiotic amoxicillin. This pharmacist says it's a real problem. We're definitely seeing a shortage. It's been challenging to get different formulations of the suspension mainly. The Biden administration is pushing a six-week campaign urging Americans to get updated COVID and flu vaccines. Other health news today, a cautionary note for adult asthma sufferers. Adults with persistent asthma may be at increased risk of a heart attack or stroke because of excessive plaque buildup in the carotid arteries. That's according to new research published in the Journal of the American Heart Association. Those large arteries on the left and right side of the neck carry blood to the brain. CBS's Jim Crisula. The White House is extending the student loan repayment pause. President Biden said in a video posted on Twitter that he's confident in his student debt relief plan, despite Republican officials trying to block it. Education Secretary Miguel Cardona is pushing the pause to June the 30th instead of the start of the new year. I'm Mark Mayfield. To Ukraine now, more Russian bombardment of Kyiv. The BBC's Jessica Parker is there and spoke with the mayor of the beleaguered city. Charlie Klitschko, he said that there are several explosions and a piece of critical infrastructure has been hit. We've also heard from officials saying that a residential building, so homes, have been hit. And we've had reports of explosions in other parts of the country as well. There are also fears of a nuclear catastrophe at Europe's largest nuclear power plant. Until we have this plant protected, the possibility of a nuclear catastrophe is there. That facility in Zaporizhia is Russian-occupied. As the battle rages on, faithful Christians in Ukraine celebrated when Ukrainian troops forced the Russian army out of the town of Kherson. CBN correspondent Chuck Holton spoke with three residents of the war-torn city, one a pastor's wife who translated for her friends. <laughs> Lord help us. <laughs> Only him. His hand was upon us. Only with God. He's merciful. He's a good God. The city of Kherson under Russian occupation for seven months until it was liberated. Glad reunions have abounded since. We couldn't even believe what is happening and such a joy. These celebrations happening even though the region is without food and water and medicine. Mission groups and aid workers are rushing in to help as best they can. Still to come on the Noon Report, the latest on snow cleanup in western New York, mourning a slain child in Rochester, and a mother and child rescued in Pennsylvania. Well, good afternoon for this pre-Thanksgiving travel. It's clean and green. The weather pattern is very quiet around the local and regional area. I'll have the details for that post-Thanksgiving travel coming up in about 10. All right, sounds very good, Kevin Williams. Thank you. Now checking the stories making news where you live in New York and Pennsylvania. Buffalonians have been shoveling that snow nonstop for nearly a week now. Residents in South Buffalo saw their first snowplow just yesterday. We didn't know when our street was going to be done. It could have actually be done next week for all we knew. It was a moment of relief to finally get out. 
New York State is donating 30 dump trucks to the Queen City to help with those snow removal efforts. City Public Works Director Nate Martin. We're still pushing through some of those tight streets on the west side that we're working through. The parking situation has been a little challenge. It always is. We know that. I think we've done a, a better job as a community. The residents, for the most part, have been really helpful. He's urging patience on the part of Buffalonians as those snowplows continue to work around the clock. After originally saying there would be classes today, Buffalo schools decided discretion was the better part of valor and call those classes off. That means they won't actually resume until after Thanksgiving break now. The Buffalo teen accused in the crash of a Kia last month is facing manslaughter charges. Four teens died in that accident. Erie County District Attorney John Flynn. I'm not here to jam up a kid. However, this was a horrific incident. Flynn says the 16-year-old suspect needs to be charged as an adult. I still don't think it's right that this kid is out playing video games when on Thursday of Thanksgiving, there's going to be an empty chair of four individuals at the Thanksgiving dinner table. All five passengers in that Kia were ejected from the vehicle in that October 24th crash. A vigil held last night in Rochester for the 12-year-old boy gunned down on a city street Monday evening. Juan Lopez, a seventh grader, was honored by his little brother, who still can't believe he's gone. He was a smart, a smart person, a lovely person. He had a great heart. He always used to make us laugh and everything. The vigil was held on the same street where Lopez was killed. No suspect in custody there yet. A federal judge has granted New York gun owners the right to carry inside private businesses that are open to the public. Attorney Barry Covert. It's a very gloomy, gloomy future for any portion of the new gun regulations. I think that they're pretty much all going to be held to be unconstitutional. New York took action over the summer to restrict Second Amendment rights after the U.S. Supreme Court upheld those rights. An eight-year-old girl dead, two other people are injured following a fire that tore through a home in Onondaga County. That blaze happened last night on Lawton Street in Clay. The girl passed away at the scene. The county sheriff's department tells the Syracuse Post Standard a man is in critical condition, another child in stable condition at Upstate University Hospital in Syracuse. The cause of that fire still under investigation. Well, an early present for long-suffering Buffalo Sabres fans. The team finally snapped its eight-game losing streak in a big way with a blowout victory in Montreal. All. Jeff Skinner scored twice. Tage Thompson, Alex Tuck, J.J. Paterka, Rasmus Dahlin, and Henry Jokiharu also found the net. Buffalo will try to start a winning streak for a change. They'll be at home tonight to take on St. Louis at 7 o'clock. With a lot of people hitting the road for the Thanksgiving holiday, police across the state are going to be cracking down on impaired drivers. Increased patrols start today and run through Monday. During last year's Thanksgiving holiday period, troopers arrested 183 people for DWI. Of course, no shortage of holiday travelers in the Keystone State as well. With motorists on the go, Pennsylvania Turnpike officials are gearing up for a crush of traffic there. Officials expect about three and a half million drivers to travel within the state during the six-day period that began Tuesday and will end Sunday. The state has created an online holiday traffic page. It's intended to help drivers decide the best times to travel during the holiday. Family Life's Terry Diener says avoid, if you can, being on the roads between 11 and 8 today. And again, if you're coming back on Sunday, those are the busiest travel hours of the holiday week. Politics now. The Berks County Republican Committee wants general election ballots recounted. 30 precincts across the county. Two petitions to request the action filed in county court Monday afternoon. The committee says they received complaints from some voters that believe voting machines were changing some of the votes cast.
passed. A Berks County Public Relations officer says the petitions will delay the county's ability to certify the results as planned on Monday. And the top Republican in the Pennsylvania House is not yet ready to concede control of that chamber to Democrats. Brian Cutler says three special elections still need to be decided, and only then will we know which party rules the roost in the PA Statehouse. We're currently at 101-101. That is not the first time that this has happened. I think the terms majority and minority, quite frankly, are misplaced because right now we're numerically tied. All three seats being filled in special elections were held by Democrats, leading them to conclude that they will be the majority party come January. Pennsylvania Attorney General Josh Shapiro, among several state attorneys general who've sent a letter to companies asking them to suspend loan payments for customers of Pink Energy. He said in a statement Tuesday that Pink Energy ripped off consumers by making false statements regarding their system's output and anticipated reductions for energy bills. The company's filed for bankruptcy. An undercover detective at a Pennsylvania Walmart spotted a kidnapped mother and child, leading to their rescue. Investigators in Virginia contacted the Wilkesbury Township Police Department, informing officers a mom and her child had been taken to PA by an armed man against their will. Authorities learned the suspect, along with the mom and child, were inside the Wilkesbury Walmart. In the store, an undercover detective first saw the man, and as he walked away from the woman, officers arrested him. That mother and child are now safe. The suspect was taken to the Luzerne County Correctional Facility and is awaiting extradition to Virginia. Tracy Lynn, Family Life News. Right, thanks, Tracy. Redevelopment Authority officials in Lancaster say they will spend $5 million toward construction of a new National East Coast Wrestling Hall of Fame. The roughly $14 million project is planned to be built on five acres on West Newport Road in Warwick Township. The $5 million will come from Pennsylvania's Redevelopment Assistance and Capital Program. The National Wrestling Hall of Fame is in Oklahoma. There's also a sister museum in Iowa. And if you're the outdoorsy type, another special day this week might mean more to you than Thanksgiving. Saturday, of course, is start of rifle hunting deer season across Pennsylvania. The regular firearm season to hunt both duck and doe lasts from November 26th through December 10th. All right, that brings us to a check of sports. Here's Randy. Good afternoon, I'm Randy Snavely. Mark, the Buffalo Sabres got back to their winning ways last night, thanks in a large part to Jeff Skinner. He had two goals and dished out three assists as the Sabres' eight-game losing streak is history. They dominated the Canadiens 7-2 in Montreal. Tage Thompson had a goal and three assists. Rasmus Dahlin and Alec Tuck both lit the lamp once and handed out two helpers. Uh, yeah, this one was all Buffalo. The only other game on the ice saw the Rangers come back from a 2-0 deficit after one period to score three times themselves in the second. Braden Schneider, Vincent Trocek, and Capocaco all scoring. The Kings tied the game at three in the third before Chris Kreider took over. Kreider scored a pair of goals later in the third period to give the Blue Shirts a 5-3 win over L.A. out on the West Coast. On to the NBA, Ben Simmons returned to Philly was not a pleasant one. He finished with 11 points and had 11 assists, but his nets fell to the 76ers 115-106. to 
Kobe Harris had 24. DeAnthony Melton chipped in with 22 to lead Philly. Kyrie Irving led the Nets with 23. The Kings, Pistons, and Suns, your other winners on the hardwood. Well, they handed out some more baseball hardware yesterday and some guys who've been playing a long time and playing quite well, I might add. Both won Comeback Player of the Year. Both of these guys eventually going to be in the Hall of Fame. Albert Pujols of the Cardinals. He, of course, became only the fourth ever to hit 700 career home runs. And Justin Verlander of the Astros. And for Verlander, been quite an awards month. World Series champ, Cy Young Award winner, and now the comeback kid. That is a look at sports. Thank you very much, Randy. Still to come on the Noon Report, the latest on a mass shooting at a Walmart. The head of Homeland Security threatened with impeachment and Thanksgiving travelers out in force. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. The Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. Last Saturday at around midnight, a 22-year-old man entered a Colorado Springs nightclub with an assault-style weapon and started firing. Five people were killed, 18 injured in the horrific, evil attack that lasted only minutes before Army veteran Richard Fierro heroically charged and subdued the attacker with the help of a few others. Our city now mourns the loss of these people who were made in the image and likeness of God, and we now reckon with the shattering of peace and community even as the holiday season approaches. Media outlets were quick to mention, often with an accusatory tone, that the nightclub is a gay hangout in a city brimming with evangelical ministries who teach that homosexual behavior is sinful. Many also implied that the shooting was motivated by hatred of people who identify as LGBTQ. That may or may not be true. If it is, the guilt for the shooter's hatred and evil actions are not shared by the millions of people who hold moral views about sex, marriage, and gender, whether they're faith-based or not. Even as details of this particular tragedy continues to emerge, America, the city of Colorado Springs, and the state of Colorado are now left to reckon with yet another mass shooting, the sheer number of which demands that we ought not isolate each from the others, as if there are no patterns or trends that connect them all. There are. Writing a few years ago at the LA Times, Professor of Criminology Jillian Peterson and sociologist James Densley offered a revealing look at America's mass shooters. They studied every shooter since 1966, and the vast majority have four things in common. First, early childhood trauma and exposure to violence at a young age. Second, seeking validation from extreme communities, often online. Third, openly admiring the work of prior shooters. And fourth, nearly all are longtime loners with an identifiable crisis point, getting fired or expelled from school. And, we should add, they are all men. In fact, there's something else. The young men who appear on CNN's list of the 27 deadliest mass shootings in U.S. history have something else in common. Almost all of them grew up without fathers. Early indications suggest this was true of the Colorado Springs shooter as well. Put differently, with very few exceptions, the signs that a young man is headed down a dark road overlap noticeably with signs that we see across our culture that young men in general are not doing well, lacking strong role models and healthy social groups, increasingly left behind academically and vocationally, floundering for a purpose in life beyond video games. Countless males are seeking solace in the only communities they can find, usually online, where the foulest kinds of hate, conspiracy theories, and nihilism await them. Our society largely fails to cultivate young men, to teach them about their fallen natures, to morally form them, to choose love over hate and courage over violence. 
Thus, we have the epidemics of addiction, aimlessness, depression, irresponsibility, perversion, selfishness, victimhood, and low expectations. Until we face the fact that the root of our problem lies here, the fruit will continue to be bitter. Unless we rebuild the institutions of civil society that cultivate young men, especially the family, there's simply no way forward. We're not going to fix this problem through government policy or mindless distractions. In fact, as you look across the scope of culture, it seems like there's only one option left. The church, with its kingdom vision, with its distributed workforce, only it has the necessary resources to target young men with truth and forgiveness and accountability and meaning and hope. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. For more resources to live like a Christian in this cultural moment, go to colsoncenter.org. Here is your Family Life Regional Weather Forecast. Our call for this afternoon, ample sunshine with high temperatures in the 40s to near 50. For tonight, mainly clear, low temperatures, 20s and low 30s. For tomorrow, Thanksgiving Day, good helping of sunshine with high temperatures making a run at 50. Be cloudy then on Friday with occasional rain. The Friday high temperatures ranging mostly in the 40s to near 50. All right, thank you very much, Kevin. This is the Noon Report on Family Life. I'm Mark Webster. Thanks again for joining us. I literally walked out the break room, and as soon as I probably no later five minutes. An employee of a Chesapeake, Virginia Walmart who likely escaped death or injury by minutes when a man believed to be a store manager entered that break room and opened fire on his co-workers, killing six of them and wounding four before fatally turning the gun on himself. Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin says the victims and their families are weighing heavily on his mind. Uh, there will be time uh, for us to, to uh, react and better understand, but today is a moment where we need to support these families that are uh, facing the unimaginable. No insight yet onto what might have prompted that shooting. Today's the day. America's on the move. Correspondent Chris Van Cleve. AAA says Wednesday will be really busy on the roads. It's the worst time to drive between 11 a.m. and 8 p.m. In particular, the late afternoon, early evening in many metro areas across this country could see traffic volumes double. And once everyone finally sits down to Thanksgiving dinner, one of the big questions is what is and isn't off limits for dinner table conversation. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. According to a Quinnipiac poll, nearly two-thirds of respondents say they're hoping to avoid politics this coming holiday. The same poll showed that six in ten Americans believe former President Trump announcing a third run for the presidency is a bad idea, while more than 60 percent of Republicans say they're still behind him. Even though we haven't gotten through this Thanksgiving yet, people may still feel the same next Thanksgiving since half of Americans believe political divisions will only worsen over the next year. I'm Michael Kastner. All right, in Washington, House Republicans are warning the Secretary of Homeland Security to resign or face impeachment because of his failure to secure the border. California's Kevin McCarthy. Secretary Mayorkas testified under oath that the border is secure. I'm here to tell you it is not. If Secretary Mayorkas does not resign, House Republicans will investigate. DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas could face ouster from office in the Republican-led Congress. The White House calls that threat of impeachment a political stunt. Former President 
President Trump slamming the Supreme Court after it ruled he must hand over his tax returns. In a post on Truth Social, Trump called the ruling unprecedented and said it creates a terrible precedent for future presidents. Democrats argue they need the records as part of an investigation into how the IRS conducts its routine presidential audits. The student loan repayment pause being extended again. President Biden said in a video posted to Twitter that he's confident in his student debt relief plan despite Republican officials trying to block it. Education Secretary Miguel Cardona is pushing the pause to June 30th instead of the start of the new year. And the NFL announcing the modern era Hall of Fame semifinalists for the class of 2023. Among the eligible for election include Dwight Freeney, Devin Hester, Steve Smith, Joe Thomas, and a familiar name for Steelers fans, Heinz Ward. Others listed include DeMarcus Ware, Reggie Wayne, Vince Wilfork, and Robert Mathis. The 2023 class to be announced live on the NFL Honors Show February 9th. You're listening to the Noon Report on Family Life. Welcome back to another edition of Real Answers with Christopher Anderson. Wednesdays during the Noon Report, we tackle the tough topics facing today's families with licensed mental health counselor Christopher Anderson. And Chris, we're taking some time today to be thankful and looking at ways of increasing our thankfulness. Absolutely. And of course, it's that time of year. And I think if you're like me, uh, Thanksgiving is definitely one of your more favorite holidays because of all the eating of great food that goes along with it. And despite this emotional turmoil, Brandon, that we've all just been going through and continue to go through with this ongoing COVID uncertainty and of course the election that for many didn't go as was hoped, we still have a lot for which to be thankful for. Yeah, it has been stressful just covering the election as a journalist, but what can people do to incorporate a greater level of thankfulness into their Thanksgiving and Christmas celebrations? That very question seems to settle on our minds a lot this time of year, and I think partly because we all know deep inside as Christians, we want to be more thankful. God wants us to be more thankful for sure. And I think one technique that I incorporate into my counseling practices is called mindfulness, and this is basically a set of skills that helps to increase your conscious awareness of yourself in the present moment. And I think it's a good idea to consider how to increase your awareness and overall mindfulness as we approach the holidays. And the best place to start, honestly, I think is to practice a mindful awareness of God's presence with you at any moment in all situations. God is our ultimate reason to be thankful and grateful, and he will also give us the power and the strength to go through difficult times, regardless of any political election outcomes. So one thing you can do, again, is to put that smartphone to work and to set a reminder or an alarm to go off at certain times during the day to remind you to just take a couple moments to pray, to maybe quickly read a psalm, to focus your mind on God, and give him a quick prayer of thankfulness. To go along with this suggestion, too, is just take some time to give some concerted effort and focused thought and list out your blessings that you have in your life in addition to what we have in this nation. So make it an individual effort to look at your own life as well as the freedoms that we still do have in this nation. Make some time to also have very significant and focused conversations with your family members, with dear friends about being thankful. And like I said, pray the Psalms. And I'll tell you what, I probably should have said this off the bat, but honestly, Brandon, this is such a huge way of increasing your awareness of God's presence, His character, and how He blesses us is to look at how the Psalms writers have expressed thankfulness themselves. So that's a great way to focus ourselves on, again, being more thankful. Well, since we're in this tumultuous period of time in our history, Chris, any suggestions on how to reach out to those with whom we disagree during this season? That's a fantastic and a very timely idea, Brandon. And we ourselves have neighbors on our road with that 
I don't believe they know the Lord, and they happen to fall on the opposite side of the political aisle. Now, simply reaching out and maintaining communications with them, dropping off baked goods, or even inviting them for a meal is just a great way to be neighborly, intentionally staying in contact with folks in order to show that you care and that you want to get to know them is really a time-tested way of building relationships and building those bridges. But sadly, it's also a tradition that seems to be decreasing with our increased busyness of our society and just the overwhelming nature of what it seems to be to just get through our days here in in the society that we're living in. But by the way, that neighbor I was telling you about also loves homemade apple pies. And guess what he's getting for Thanksgiving this year? I bet it's an apple pie. You're right. (laughs) It is. (laughs) It's going to be fun delivering it to him as well. So... Well, how about sharing Christ with our unsaved loved ones? Any suggestions there? This is a really good time of the year to do that, especially as Christmas approaches. One thing that I suggest is to write a letter to loved ones, and it can be more of a form letter that, you know, you put inside the Christmas cards, you can send it to more than one recipient, but simply share how much their relationship means to you and why it's important that they hear from your heart regarding the gospel. Writing a letter and sharing the gospel is not only personal, but it's also easier than doing it face-to-face. You can always end your letter by saying that you'd love to have a conversation to follow up with them, but that you're going to leave it open to them to initiate that so that they do not feel as they are having it forced on them. So this not only conveys respect, but it also gets the gospel message to them in a way that is genuine, timely, and inviting as well. Like I said, it's Christmas card season anyway, so just include the gospel message along with your Merry Christmas greeting, and of course consider sending it to your elected representatives as well. I mean, there's no reason why we can't include them in sharing the gospel as well. I mean, they need it, as do we all need it, but, you know, it's good to include them in the gospel message as well. Share the gospel with our elected representatives. Yeah, that's a great suggestion, Chris. It really is, Brandon. And, you know, we need to be communicating with our elected officials, even if your choice for political candidates did not win their respective races. I mean, there's a chance that they still don't know Christ. Any final thoughts? I would just encourage folks to be mindful in keeping things simple. Now is a great time to sit with your calendar, plan out what you want to decorate, maybe block off some time for spending time with close family and friends apart from the main holidays, and even consider having kind of like a share the load type Thanksgiving or Christmas meal where everyone chips in and brings a dish to contribute. Then I'll tell you what, also bring empty containers to help carry home the leftovers. And you can hear more from Chris on the Food Network. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think so, Brandon, but I'll tell you what, thanks for the vote of confidence. Uh, You are welcome, my friend, and happy Thanksgiving, Chris. You too, Brandon, you too. Thank you. Well, you've been listening to another edition of Real Answers with Christopher Anderson. It airs Wednesdays during the Noon Report. We tackle the tough topics facing today's families with Christian counselor Christopher Anderson. Real Answers airs Wednesdays during the Noon Report or online anytime at familylife.org. Just ahead, attention math students, remember Fibonacci's sequence? Good afternoon to all. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. An area of high pressure will see to it that our weather locally and regionally stays tranquil ahead of Thanksgiving. Weather makers after Thanksgiving, they'll bear watching. Two likely rainmakers, one for Friday and one for Sunday. Our call for this afternoon, ample sunshine with high temperatures in the 40s to near 50. For tonight, mainly clear, low temperatures, 20s and low 30s. For tomorrow, 
Thanks, Stephen Day. Good helping of sunshine with high temperatures making a run at 50. Be cloudy then on Friday with occasional rain. The Friday high temperatures ranging mostly in the 40s to near 50. All right. Thank you, Kevin. Finally at noon, I bet you could appreciate this. Happy Fibonacci Day. Who, you might ask? We're talking about Leonardo Fibonacci, no less than one of the most important mathematicians of the Middle Ages. Well, if you're a little rusty on it, he's credited with recognizing what became known as Fibonacci sequence, a pattern of numbers that shows up everywhere in nature, physics, and design, starting with 1, 1, 2, 3, 5. The Fibonacci sequence is created by adding up the two previous numbers to get the next one. Fibonacci dreamed it up while he was contemplating the population growth of rabbits. And you take the start of that sequence, 1, 1, 2, 3, and voila, today's date, 1, 1, 2, 3, 11, 23. The Fibonacci sequence can be used to calculate the proportions of countless things on Earth and beyond, including animals, plants, weather patterns, even galaxies. Something to chew on along with your turkey and stuffing tomorrow. And that's the world we live in for Wednesday, November 23rd, 2022. 1, 1, 2, 3. As always, thanks for listening. Have a blessed Thanksgiving. I'm Mark Webster, Family Life News. You've been listening to the Noon Report. Heard weekdays on Family Life. Thank you for listening.